Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the week 13 edition of the Splash Play podcast. We are going to get you all ready for your league championships. And of course, we have our Thursday guest bags. Who are we bringing on? We're bringing on Sal Vetri, a man with an infinite more number of YouTube subscribers than we currently have, a man who's also cut his teeth the Osmo cloth. Uh, you can't cut teeth on a cloth, but he will be here uh, livening up our show. We also have Numbers Don't Lie. We have a little Wednesday football talk and, of course, the ride-or-die picks that you know and love. Sal will be joining us for that. So, Pete, hit that intro, and let's do some splash play. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Splash Play, where we have an exciting guest for you with Sal Vetri. And of course, you have me and your old pal Peter Overs at taking you through everything you need to know for the NFL's Week 13. I'm Chris Spaggs, and here's that man I just introduced. Let's introduce him again. He's Peter Overs. At, how are you doing, Pete? Do it one more time, just for the people in the back that didn't hear it, Spaggs. What's my name? Say it, Spaggs. It, it, Peter Overs, at, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here for you guys. We are the Fantasy Football Podcast for every game on the Sun. I was actually thrown for a loop because I forgot to update our, our run sheet, our segment sheet. And I have this week will be joined by no one in caps. <laughs> like I did that so spitefully when we couldn't get a guest last week. Yeah, you get really bad at me when I don't get guests and your passive aggressiveness shines through in the show sheet. Well, I try to sell it. I put things in cap blocks that I have to sell. And if it's like, oh, we're joined by no one, this is exciting. But then when we actually do have a guest, it just feels, it does feel passive aggressive. I'll admit that. But one thing that's aggressive aggressive is how we're following back people on Twitter and Instagram at Splash Play Pod. First thousand people who follow us on Twitter and Instagram get followed back. So you can have that. It's a feather in your cap for the rest of your life. So make sure to follow us at Splash Play Pod. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Pete, give them the, the quick little runaround of what they should be doing here because some people chiming in in our little wedding guest book on our Apple Podcast reviews. Yeah, we uh, we really appreciate it when uh, Spags and I, you know, commemorated uh, the launch of this podcast. We had uh, a guest book, and you know, we want everyone who joins us for even if you even just listen for a second of this podcast, you are part of the Splash Play family forever. And the way we know that for sure is with an iTunes review. That is our wedding guest book. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, you know when you know, the earth is destroyed. All that's going to be left is that guest book on iTunes. And this is how you cement yourself in history, in splash play history. I, I would run over there and do it right now. Get in there, get in there while the getting's good. It's like putting your name in concrete, but slightly less of a degenerate thing to do. And uh, we also have to go shout out here. This will be the last show where we are presented by Thrive Fantasy for the season. The season's starting to slow down and uh, we're going to go and I don't know. We're going to find, we're going to whore ourselves out more just for that. But we are very grateful for the folks over at Thrive Fantasy at thrivefantasy.com or by downloading Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or Google Play Store. They helped us out by being our first sponsor. We appreciate them a bunch. So send them out the right way by playing over at Thrive. Use our promo code SPLASH to get an instant match to your first deposit of up to $50. So that is money that you can play with right away on there. It gets credited to your amount immediately. And they're giving away tons of money every single week. Sometimes there's overlay because that happens a lot in the smaller sites out there. It's all profit betting choose 10 out of 20 props and you can then win money it's as simple as that pete's done it i've done it we've had a great time partnered with thrive and playing over there let's play at thrivefantasy.com download it in the app store or in the google play store and sign up and prop up today pete before we get sal on let's i guess we could have sal for numbers don't lie i think we were going to do that before but let's talk quickly the wednesday slate uh where i think a guy who you've long held the candle for uh, has finally came through Marquise Brown, the one shining light here of a terrible Raven Steelers game that I guess we deserve for having football on a Wednesday afternoon. It was ugly, Pete, but Marquise getting there had to feel good. And the real question now is, is Lamar the problem for Marquise? Yeah, no, it didn't feel good, Spags, because I had basically dropped him in all of my season-long <laughs> leagues uh, by that point. And little did I know, Trace McSorley was going to unlock Marquise Brown's potential. You just knew it was coming. It was like, he can't get it done with Lamar. So of course, of course, Trace McSorley is going to connect with him on the deep ball. Yeah, that game was super frustrating. I, I went heavy on Eric Ebron, which from uh, kind of a volume standpoint, looked like uh, a pretty good play, except he dropped. 
so many balls left so many points on the table. So it was just a frustrating all around experience. And I side with NBC and the Rockefeller tree. They definitely should have pushed this game up. So people could have watched a far more entertaining thing later at night. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a much uh, prettier thing to look at the shiny lights on that tree than uh, the hideous game. But, you know, I'll never complain about Wednesday afternoon football. I was in the hunt and uh, it's this is, I think, one of my least favorite things in DFS, Pete, where you're in the hunt. I know you do the line movement show where you're in the tilt space. You're watching your lineups go those last few minutes. And that's really the most dramatic moment for anybody. If, if you're a person who follows your lineups live and uh, I five minutes left, I had the. Uh, the winning lineup, I had the first place tie just chopping it with 10 people in the play action. So it would have been like a nice little 5K payout, which this time of year, we all need that. And it, I just knew I was like, something stupid's going to happen here. There's no way they just both run out the clock. And that's when the Marquise Brown, Trace McSorley magic happened. And I was glad to see it, but a little bit of tackling by the Steelers might have been helpful there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was just, uh, it was a disgusting game, but it's exactly what you would expect a Wednesday afternoon game during a pandemic to look like. So at least it was on brand. Yeah, so um, let's uh, let's see if there's anything else. You know, let's do numbers don't lie. We can get this in fast here before Sal gets on. No, what if I told you he is here? Oh, he is here. There's Sal. It's too, too much of a professional. Look at that studio. Sal Vetri. You know him on Twitter, at Sal Vetri DFS. You probably also know him on YouTube. We have a lot of overlap with Sal subscribers. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you're doing that. One of the sharpest guys in DFS putting out a ton of content across every sport. How are you doing, Sal? What's going on, guys? Yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is the uh, the first time in my life I was a backstage pass I had right there. So that was a pretty cool time. Thank you for allowing me to experience that. It's yeah, like our did, green room. I was going to say, yeah, we did have, I, I left exclusively green M&Ms. You said you will leave if there are any uh, other colored M&Ms in there. So was everything to your liking, Sal? Yes, green M&Ms and the red lighting too. It really sets the mood. So I'm all ready to go. I'm feeling good. The massage was great. Yeah, we're ready for this. Yeah, full diva status treatment for Sal. It was one of the biggest YouTubers out there in the DFS space. And uh, Sal, you're joining us just in time here. We want to do a couple segments with you. And I know you're a numbers guy. You have the Excel spreadsheet up on your videos that you always do um, on your YouTube channel. And uh, numbers don't lie is one game we do here, Sal. Well, there are three stats that I give Pete. Two of them are fake, or two of them are true, rather. One is fake. Uh, sometimes Pete feels like there are two that are fake, but that's neither here nor there. Either way, you know the numbers, Sal. So are you ready to jump into this one with no official prep time? You're just jumping in cold like who wants to be a millionaire yeah let's do it i'm down all right so here we go three stats and these guys are going to guess which two are true which one is fake first one up derrick henry and dalvin cook are obvious leaders and carries over 10 yards with 32 and 31 such catches respectively or carries respectively but number three on this list may be a shock james robinson dalvin's foe on sunday has 28 just ahead of kyler murray's 27 sal you're the guest i'll ask you first does this sound like a viable stat to you yes i'm gonna go that's true all right, Pete, how about you? This is one this is one of my little classic curveballs, or are you in on yeah, this? Yeah, I just I need to let Sal know what he's getting in here. So like he will lull you into like it will be mostly true, even like 95% true. Sometimes he just changes a decimal point. Uh so I just want you to don't get too comfortable, but I am with Sal so far and thinking this one is true. Yeah, I came in I came in really hot right there. Like I, I said yes immediately, not really <laughs> thinking, not really thinking how many open running lanes guys like Kyler probably had, but we'll give it to Robinson just based on the amount of volume that he hopefully gets there like those other guys. Yeah, and Sal too, you know, I feel like you have a certain degree of trust. We've covered the XFL together, which is basically like being in a foxhole. So you would think I wouldn't screw you over, but uh, trust me, I in this game, there are no winners at the end. <laughs> Set up. Tyreek Hill had a monster 224-yard day in Week 12 that we talked about on here with a total 269 air yards his way. He led the league in that category, but more impressively, he got significantly more air yards than the rest of his team added up with 189 air yards for everybody else on the Kansas City roster that week. Pete, I'll throw it to you. Does that sound true? See, this is one I, I guarantee he had more air yards than the rest of the team combined, but that number could just be, you could be messing with us with that number. Are you on my wavelength here, Sal? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying in terms of the specifics of this. I mean, Tyree Kill now pays my rent. I have it on the board behind me after <laughs> last week. So this one's tough. The, the specifics of the number, if we're off by like three yards on this one, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say that that's true as well. But this last one's going to sound like the exact same thing. So we're going to get in a pretty big pretzel probably. I think there's uh, there's no shenanigans. I feel like relative to what Pete may expect, we're light <laughs> on shenanigans this week. Last stat here, numbers don't lie. T.Y. Hilton gets made fun of a lot this year, but he may not deserve all the blame for his down year. His 18.1 fantasy points in week 12 on four catches for 81 yards and a TD was the best fantasy day for any Colts wide receiver this year. 
year. It's more of a ding for Phillip Rivers and the guy catching the passes. Sal, give me your thoughts on that one and give me your pick here. And this numbers don't lie. Yeah, I'm going to end up saying that that one is is going to be false on this last one. I feel like Michael Pittman has had a better game fairly recently than that, but it, it seems like Pittman's recent performance was very similar to what he did, but I'm hoping it was like a couple yards more. So I'm going to say that that one's false. Pittman has a better performance. All right, Pete, do you believe what Sal believes here that Michael Pittman got there? Or maybe we've slightly overrated Michael Pittman, maybe underrated the ageless T.Y. Hilton. No, yeah, I want to say it was either his first or second game back. Pittman had a really big game, and then it was the other week he only had like three, four, sixty in a touchdown. But I'm almost positive Pittman had a 20-plus point game uh, when he came back. So I'm going to say that this one is false. There's no way I want to live in a world where T.Y. Hilton has the best game on the season for the Colts. So you guys are, in fact, both correct. T.Y. Hilton is uh, did not set the record, though. Second highest performance by a Colt White receiver this year, uh, just behind the one that Pete just mentioned, a 22-point game by Michael Pitt in a couple weeks ago. So uh, there you go. The tight ends have gotten there, but I think Philip Rivers just sucks. I just wanted to give T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton did it. It's not all his fault, I would say. Sal, do you agree? Are you, are you team T.Y. here after he's really cost a lot of sharp people out their money over the season? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's just the age with him right now. I, I would say the first like month of the year, I was over projecting this man by like 10 fantasy points a game, it seemed like. So at this point, it seems like injuries are, are just wearing up on him and a different quarterback. That's probably going underrated a little bit there. Like Philip Rivers only is settling in right now with guys, Paris Campbell to start the year and also Michael Pittman, like new guys to the team as well. So it's kind of a whole new system there for them. So yeah, I guess it's a little bit tough to fully blame T.Y., but he's aging new quarterback, just a tough position in general. Yeah, and Philip Rivers not quite as reckless with the ball, uh, with a deep ball in particular, as he was last year in his final Chargers year. Um, Sal's here. So Sal Vetri, if you're not familiar with Sal, you probably should be, but uh, one of the most popular guys on YouTube and his DFS channel. And uh, one thing that we thought we could do, well, actually, first, a quick question for you, Sal, because you know, has I've seen you start to do other types of content. I know you're doing the YouTube thing that Pete wants us to do, and he does some of his content where you cut your own face out and you give like a Oh, I don't know. Heck, like what, <laughs> what does I think about this one? Or like, this is a lock. Like you're doing the faces. How was the experience being a YouTuber? You're doing vlogs too. Like are the DFS people coming along on this ride or are they making it a little bit difficult as we know some of the people in the DFS community on YouTube can be? Oh yeah. I mean, it, right now when it comes to vlogging, like I, I need to put up more. I haven't put one up in like a month, but people love it. Like the, the viewership is not going to be, it's just directly coming from like people that already know me or come over from Twitter. So it's, it's not, it's definitely not a fraction, but it, it's less than like a normal viewership of like a week 13 picks video, but I like doing it. And it seems like everybody just likes that different aspect to it during like the heart of all the sports being stopped. I messed around with some other content. I'd enjoyed it, but it just wasn't something that I knew long-term unless sports were really going to go away. It was going to be something that I stuck to, but the vlogs that I want to stick to, I probably have like three, two or three hours of footage from the past month that every time I go to like sit down and edit it, I just look at that number. I'm just like, I don't want to be doing this right now. And then I put it off to the next day. But uh, yeah, it's the vlogs are a lot of fun. I would encourage a lot of people to do them. Uh, Nick BDGE, he does a lot of fantasy stuff as well. He kind of got me into doing the vlog stuff. He, he put it pretty simply. Like if you record a minute of your day for a week straight, you have a video and just put it up and see how it goes from there. So that's what I did the first couple of weeks. And now I've just gotten lazy with the holidays coming around and things like that. Wait, so Pete, have you thought about doing vlogs? Because obviously you've conquered TikTok. We all know that. Saturn, I'm sure you're familiar. You've seen Pete surging through the TikTok streets. But Pete, I feel like you'd be a natural vlogger too. And your fleets are kind of like the germ of a vlog. That's what, no, uh, that's what I was going to say. How about opposed to that? I'm more of a micro vlogger on fleeting and I do it, you know, once a day for about seven seconds. And then I get none of the benefits of the long-term archival growth, any of that. So maybe consider that Sal. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something that in the past I thought about with Instagram and then I was just sending it out to like my family members and like 17 random DFS guys that for some reason have Instagram and then they'll send me some things like nice man. And you know, I get some, I get some encouragement from it, but it wasn't that great. So I, I might as well go full on the other side of that and, and get no feedback from it on the Twitter fleets right now. So I might have to try that later on today. I tried it at the beginning of it uh, and that also fell off. Yeah, now the fleets are just a storm of people reposting their tweets, which was the one thing that Pete, like day one, you called that where you were like, yeah, the worst thing about it. And now that is every single Twitter handle, especially brand one, just reposting tweets all day. I would legit, and I this sounds like a joke, but I would legitimately rather have you just do a fleet where you just stare at the camera for five seconds, just expressionless, and then end it, than see you reposting uh, one of your tweets on your fleet. 
Yeah, rest assured, we've seen all the tweets, so don't post them <laughs> there. But uh, this is the segue really to go into. Well, it's a little influencer talk, and I feel like uh, we talked before the show. Pete and I wanted to do a segment as we always do to ties into something with our guest and Sal being one of the influencers of note within the DFS community. We wanted to go to the NFL, look at some of the influencers over there, and and the obvious one, which Pete mentioned, was Chase Claypool, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju literally mocked by opponents and teammates for being a TikTok star at times. They're an obvious first pick, but we want to think what teammates out there could potentially contribute to the content game. Some of these guys getting in it after they retire, after their brains have turned into pudding, they want to start making content. So Pete, I'll give you the first pick here. And uh, let's say that the Chase and uh, and also Juju are off the board here as a duo. So who would be your first pick with those two being verboten? Yeah, so I'll stick with the kind of teammate angle. And I think, and I'll even stick within the positional teammate angle. And I will say Austin Eckler, who has his own Twitch stream. He's very charismatic on there. And then Justin Jackson, who has a very robust Twitter presence. I think those two could team up, produce a lot of great content out of the Chargers backfield. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's the clear number two, unless someone has one up their sleeve for me. All right, Sal, you know the space. You're out there making your own content. You Maybe you can even hire these guys to be a part of the Sal Vetri channel. So who would you pick for your draft pick? Yeah, so there's a couple options here. I saw this and I had to think about it a little bit. Also, shout out to Chase Claypool, whose vlogs are, are very good and his mm-hmm. content in general is fun to watch. But uh, right now, so in terms of teammates, I guess I have a couple, but I'll, I'll go with this first one first. We've had a little bit of a sample of it two different locations. They started up cold and they they brought their chemistry down south to Florida. So Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski is one that we've had a little bit of a sample on in some spots, some teases. And every single time it seems to blow up on Twitter. Uh, So that's the one that I'll go with. They have a long lasting chemistry. If I had to just go out on a whim that might be breaking the rules, the one that I would watch a reality TV show the most on is Cam Newton and Bill Belichick. That's probably (laughs) the one that I would want to see. Would they have to live in the same house for this scenario? <laughs> yeah, like I, I just get the vibes that, what was it? Was it uh, Randy Moss that had that like one thing trying to get Bill Belichick to go to a Halloween party? I feel like Cam Newton would be that except on steroids. Not literally though, Cam, I'm sorry, but you know. <laughs> well, yeah, we can tell by his performance, he's definitely not on any sort of steroids this year. Uh, you know, one thing that I would say, one that I will take or at least throw up as a counterpoint to the Brady Gronk one, they're already living together in this pandemic production era. It's all about saving costs here. How about Tom Brady and Antonio Brown trying to get him on the straight and narrow? It's a bit of a celebrity rehab. Now we're just going to reality show pitches, but like hint of celebrity rehab, hint of hard knocks. It all comes together here with Antonio Brown also being a bit of a live-in Kramer. What if we just merge those and it's uh, Gronk and AB vying to be the ultimate buddy of Tom Brady and they're both having to, you know, who can whip up a snack for Tom quick enough? You know, they're making an avocado smoothie. We see them going head to head. Giselle has to pick with who would she rather have third wheeling with them on their dates. I mean, I think now, I think we're onto something. I thought you were going for a cuckolding scenario there, but that's just, <laughs> that's just <laughs> your perverted mind, Sal. I was going very wholesome. Um, yeah, no, there's a, there, there's a lot that can happen here. We can, we can even go for a third option and just have all three of these guys and have their own TikTok house and compete with like the 18 to 20 year olds in that, in that regard, <laughs> see how much attention you can attract. Honestly, if I were a brand and I had like the rookies coming up in the draft, like I would do a TikTok influencer house for the rookies, but actually one other one that I want to throw out there, cause this is another dark joke. Why not? But a Tyreek Hill parent show with somebody else it could be Mahomes it could be Travis Kelsey I feel like he'd be more inclined to do it but just him you know taking through giving a little bit of like a home improvement style Tim Allen kind of approach to parenting see what see what Chris does Sal he tries to get us canceled like basically every episode I know right now I'm I'm literally on my my tippy toes right now just trying to walk this line <laughs> yeah you don't have to say anything I'll get us out of it I will I will toss one more out there kind of off the board one I can't think of a teammate that I want him with, but the patron saint of the Splash Play podcast, we've seen some hilarious Robbie Anderson footage, him on the sideline not knowing Sir Purr, him in the locker room not knowing the lyrics to Sweet Caroline. How about just kind of a reality show where a documentary series where someone follows him around with a camera all day? I would legit watch vlogs from Robbie Anderson just like going to the grocery store. Robbie Anderson easily confused by things would be the title of that show. Yes, similar style player. And also if if you're familiar with his tweets, but MVS from the Packers, if you put those two together, they can, uh, they might be able to whip up some real great content. Show would be 
canceled in probably one or two episodes, <laughs> but it would be great during the time. Better than the NBA with Jamal Murray's reality show. I think that's that's the one you don't want out there too much. Either way, I'm glad we got these takes out there before we get to the injuries that actually matter for week 13. And it's an unlucky number. It's an unlucky week, especially for Will Fuller, who is suspended for PEDs. Apparently, uh, he claims he took some substance. This is not an injury, but it's a guy who's out. So we're going to classify this as, as such. But um, PEDs uh, that he were apparently part of his healing process, they were banned substance, wasn't clear on what it is. And that means that Brandon cooks is chalk sal and and i also know because of our time with the xfl you enjoy a deep dive so can i interest you in a little isaiah Coulter who might be running outside the rookie coming out of rhode island what are you thinking about the Texan situation at wide receiver yeah i mean it, it's obviously a great spot for cooks in this one but the big thing that people have to like keep in mind is that will fuller going out yeah target share wise you might get like an overwhelming number but in terms of like 30 35 for cooks here and there but that's gonna be like one two extra targets in this game more times than not so it's the guys who fill in there QT is still in the slot so i don't expect a huge thing same thing one or two more targets so yeah isaiah coulter the rookie out of rhode island who i, I mean i'm digging into his stuff this week now that he's actually going to become somebody since the draft that we have to know about and he didn't do anything special there at a small school like barely broke a thousand yards in 12 games he's undersized xavier Rhodes has been good this year so I want to go there because of how cheap he is. He's going to come into this offense with Deshaun Watson. But my guess is that they go more two tight end sets and the tight ends become more viable. So I'm a little bit worried about going to Isaiah Colt here. I don't even know who else they have on their depth chart. Our lads, as of yesterday, didn't have anybody up. So, uh, yeah, I guess he's going to get the first crack at it, the rookie, but not too impressed right now. Pete, how are you feeling about this? I know you you occasionally enjoy a sketchy wide receiver more than a sketchy quarterback <laughs> that I usually bring to the table. So Isaiah Coulter, is he on your radar? Because our boy Ben Gretsch also tweeted about him this week. So all the, the hipsters of, of DFS plays are on him. Yeah, no, I like Sal's take that I don't think um, that this is going to mean some, you know, 15 target game for Brandon Cooks. I also like the Jordan Akins call. I think he's going to also be popular in DFS this week, but if he even gets a couple extra targets, he's very cheap. So I get that as well. And uh, yeah, I think we could maybe take a flyer on Coulter uh, if he's popular. Uh, I, I don't like playing these punt wide receivers when they're when they're popular. But uh, if he flies under the radar a bit, uh, I don't mind it. The other thing is like the Colts have been pretty good at limiting big plays, splash plays, dare I say. They keep things underneath. So I don't know. It might be just a stay away spot ultimately this week. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. The total here, not that great for Houston. We'll give our ride or die picks from this game coming up. But, you know, anytime there's a new guy on the scene at minimum price, I'm always curious. And Coulter, for uh, the Sal pointed out, not a ton of great numbers for him in college. But in terms of his actual performance relative to the team, he did get 31% of their yards in the uh, player profiler database. So maybe there's some opportunity for him here. And we know Deshaun Watson will throw to anybody as long as they're actually out there. Uh, another injury that may matter this week, Kenny Galladay does not going to be healthy. It seems like he's back out of practice. And DeAndre Swift, Pete, your boy, uh, the, the earliest Swifty that I know, he is also apparently not good, which a long, long haul here back from the concussion for him, it seems. Yeah, I was just reading a thing, uh, Dave Burkett, who covers the uh, Lions. He said, Adrian Peterson sounding a concerning note about DeAndre Swift as he battles a brain injury. Said Swift hasn't been himself while dealing with the injury. Hasn't had the same energy level. Said Swift had to take care of his health. That does not sound like a guy who is gearing up to play this week. Yeah, Sal, you have any thoughts there? Or Swift has been really one of the offensive rookie of the year candidates outside of the QB position. And uh, it seems not great for him with his brain issues. Yeah, no, it's tough. Concussions are scary. Like I would say two years, two, two and a half years ago, I had a concussion. It lasted like a year, like a little over a year in terms of the post-concussion syndrome. So hopefully that doesn't happen for him there, but it's spooky stuff. You just kind of stay in this fog and you can't mess around with it. Like you'll know when you're healthy and it definitely does not seem like he's there. And at this point, it's probably going to take a couple of days to feel fully back to normal. So I would be in doubt that he's going to play this week. And I guess we should also talk about Detroit sort of overall here where uh, I think Bevel's taking over the the interim head coach job and also play calling and uh, the firing of Matt Patricia perhaps overdue as a burner account uh, that conveniently had Matt Patricia's middle name was out there defending him at every turn and and bashing the organization. Pete, I know you're all over this one. Yeah, I, I actually want to get your guys' take on it. Uh, to me, it's so on the nose that it, like, it can't actually be him, right? And like the comments are so obviously fl- self-flattering that it's someone doing a bit as a burner, right? This isn't actually his burner. Sal, you're the social media expert. What do you think here? Did you see the the fake uh, tweets there, or the tweets rather from a burner that allegedly belonged to Matt Patricia? 
Look, we're, we're, we're like criticizing Matt Patricia all year for not even knowing how to know his own team and his own playbooks. <laughs> There's no way that I feel confident that Matt Patricia is on Twitter right now, savvy enough to find where people are talking about him and just going back and forth with them. So, yeah, no, there's no shot that this is Matt Patricia. He has no idea what Twitter is. Also, yeah, was, yeah. I was thinking of like a business idea here, too, like because we have seen the the athlete burners and stuff and they they are obvious like. Wouldn't it be better to just pay someone to just kind of turn their account into like a pro whatever Matt Patricia thing, an existing account that doesn't look as suspicious? I feel like people would sacrifice their Twitter accounts for, you know, $5,000 each year's I will just tweet Matt Patricia propaganda nonstop. That's like micro micro influencing where you're just getting paid. I mean, honestly, I would whore out for like some people, depending on the rate, I guess. But, you know, like why not? Hopefully not Kim Jong un, but I feel like if the money's there, if he's doing if he's paying me like cameo money, why not? I just wanna I wanna live in a world where Spags gets bought out and is just doing Kim Jong un propaganda on his feet nonstop. Kim Jong un looking real slender today. <laughs> The, the kids you went to high school with one day seeing going through their old yearbooks. What is this guy doing today? Looks you up online. <laughs> look, I don't look. Dennis Rodman oh, no. had made a good run with that too. It seemed like he had a lovely time. That's yeah. some fun experiences. I'm open. I think we got to be open here at this oh. stage of the podcast. Spags is now a patsy for the Korean government. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? I, I would have liked South Korea, but they didn't come to the negotiating table. So that's what it is. I'm getting all those North Korean bags of rice. Another injury that matters before I get us canceled again. Miles Gaskin practicing. So is Savan Ahmed, it seems, at least based off of the recent report that I saw, Pete. And uh, you know the Dolphins backfield as well as anybody. You're basically their, their reporter there, just kind of between Watergate and somewhere in a, in a Rosh Markazi, I guess, type. But how are you feeling about this Dolphins backfield that's so near and dear to your heart? Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky because uh, Brita and my guy Laird fumbled last week. DeAndre Washington came in, looked like the guy that they were going to trust down the stretch there. He does have that kind of versatile skill set where I could see him being their all-purpose back. Um, if all of these guys are healthy and active, I do think they go back to Gaskins. He's been the guy at the very beginning of the season. They bring in Jordan Howard, they bring in Brita, and they still say Miles Gaskin is our guy. So to me, if he's healthy, I think they roll with him. And Ahmed was kind of the guy that was the next man up there. So I'm still breaking all ties in favor of Gaskins right now. Do you have any sort of feel for this one, Sal, with Miles Gaskin? Obviously looking good this year, but Ahmed, you know, definitely the guy they took a shine to the most when he's been out. Yeah, I think it's going to be Gaskin for me. I'll be watching closely probably on Sunday for the inactives. Like if, if they're going to have four running backs active, that'll make me a little bit worrisome because they can give all these guys touches in one way or another, different situations, third downs, two-minute drills. So that'll be a concern. But if he's active, if he's actually going to be playing 20-plus touches in each of his past three healthy games, I'll, I'll probably project Gaskin to be the, the full workhorse. Yeah, and also Cincinnati giving up 137 rushing yards per game, which is not a perfect stat, but does show a lot of weakness there, especially when Miami has a 27-point implied total from Vegas uh, so far. The rest of Week 13 we're going to get into now, so make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe. And, of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, throw us the five stars and a review on there. Our wedding guest book needs to be filled by people like you, so make sure you're helping us out to commemorate our matrimony, our podcast matrimony here on Splash Play. Week 13 overview, the, the COVID news that we have to hit on first. Steelers, Washington, their game's been moved to Monday. Baltimore, Dallas, moved to Tuesday. And, Sal, how has this affected your process? Because I know you try to be ahead of the curve with your scheduling and your planning and all that. And you're doing a ton of videos for all these showdown slates and got to be kind of a pain in the ass. I watched one of your videos the other day, actually. I think the Ravens one. And you were like, yeah, I did this prep before and I, I don't even know. <laughs> like, that's yeah. got to be the feel for you. Yeah, I mean, I figured coming into the year that I was just hoping to get the games in. So I'm fine with some of these inconveniences. But yeah, I, it was Thanksgiving week and I had to load like all my content or the far majority of it into Monday and Tuesday. And like I break my back on like Wednesday morning. And I, I guess not in the literal sense, of course. But on Wednesday morning before my plane leaves, plane's leaving at like I think seven. I'm up at like three trying to get out this showdown video prepped for, for Thursday for Pittsburgh and uh, the Ravens. Thing gets canceled like six hours later and I'm just sitting on the plane like great but uh yeah we, we ended up doing it again it's like small inconveniences but uh yeah get getting through them not too bad but this week hopefully we get these games in but I mean teams playing on like five days of rest it's gonna be pretty crazy it's tough times in the content coal mine which I know our friend Pete knows all about too lots of we're all breaking our backs in the content coal mines <laughs> oh yeah man I'm a, I'm exhausted you know I'm, I got the black lung it's it's been it's been tough this year 
I have the black lung, but it's from smoking so much weed while doing all that stuff too. It just all kind of conflates together. Uh, another week 13 overview part. We It wouldn't be a splash play if we didn't talk about this guy who technically is not a splash play himself as a running back, but Dalvin Cook playing the Jags after last week's dud game where um, I, I'd gone on some shows and said I was comfortable getting up to 50. I did have 50% of him. I was comfortable getting up to 60 of him and went really poorly last week, Sal. But uh, you're a guy who follows the, you know, sort of game theory, the pure essence of DFS as much as anybody. How are you feeling about Dalvin this week where he's going to be highly owned again? And But maybe people spooked off just because he didn't have the monster ceiling this last time out. Yeah, I think this week is like last week, you kind of had to take a stance on him in some ways. I don't think you have to do that this week because you have Derrick Henry at a similar price range. He'll probably draw some ownership there. But then also you're going to have so many six and $7,000 running backs where I kind of like and, and just naturally getting to an expensive quarterback this week. They seem like the best options. And then you're going to just be stacking up expensive wide receivers for most of them. So yeah, it's not a spot where I'm like, I'm prioritizing Cook over Henry. I seem to do that every week. Last week was like the second time this year that it actually almost burnt me. Actually, thank you to our savior, uh, Tyree Kill here, um, paying the rent and paying the bills. But I would say that right now I prefer Cook to Henry. But overall, I'm actually living in that like seven and six K running back range in a lot of these lineups early on. All right, so we'll get some more Southfield as we go. But Pete, how about you with Dalvin Cook? Are you leaning right now? Obviously, it's Thursday. We don't know. It's even earlier than usual on a Thursday, so things could change. But where are you landing with Dalvin this week and what should be a matchup you would think there's going to be a lot of success against the Jags? Yeah, I'm starting to get a little worried. I think if this ownership holds, I see Osimo's early stuff had him at 30%. Um, the price tag is jacked up. Uh, you have the injury concern as well you have blowout concerns against jacksonville like i don't see any reason why you wouldn't take some off of his plate give some more carries to alexander madison in this spot so i see a lot of ways where he can fail at this price relative to his ownership so right now i'm leaning more toward a fade but it'll also be dependent on where they are at with those uh the injury reports by the end of the week and uh, yeah, and I think we'll we'll talk more about Dalvin. I think I'm leaning more right now towards playing him just because I think 30% to me seems a little high after he busted last week, just knowing the industry, but uh, definitely something to watch as we get closer to lock. Um, and then one thing that I just want to point out, which is not on the segment sheet, so I don't mean to throw this to you guys uh, totally whoa, out of nowhere. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> not on the sheet. <laughs> Whatever. What are you doing over there? I'm dropping my poker chips. I was so flustered by something not on the show. (laughs) Old Teddy KG Pete over there splashing the pot whenever he wants. But uh, we we had to bring back the Teddy Bridgewater Teddy uh, KGB impression. I feel like that was one that we unfortunately just left as a one week and done. (laughs) I don't even remember. Pete, I I like the... uh... I like the natural, the natural merch, uh, the natural merch right there. The plug. (laughs) I like that a lot. That's right. Here we go. It's a nice looking shirt. I like the fonts on that. Thank you. Yeah, we had to make sure that we didn't get sued by DraftKings, but uh, we we changed the color, so I think we're in the clear. Yeah, yeah well, now they'll know, unfortunately. So that's- <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, DraftKings isn't watching the show. So no offense, Specs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I keep sending it to them over and over again, I think one day they will. <laughs> anyway, uh, one thing I just want to look at real fast, because I'm curious your guys' thoughts, and, and this you know could be something with Osmo's ownership where they just didn't account for it correctly yet or whatever the price is also really terrible but a uh, seattle to me looks very bizarrely underowned and nobody here projected for ownership despite the fact that we know that upside we know the giants you know they have been a little better defensively this year in some respects but still not a world beater by any stretch i think that russell wilson and dk metcalf and and tyler lockett you know some combination of these three will be popping up a lot for me if the ownership doesn't go up but sal how do you feel about seattle is, is there some reason that i'm not aware of why this could be maybe lower on than it should be yeah i think it'll end up drawing some ownership but we've seen a couple of times this year where there hasn't been a lot of ownership on seattle whether there's a couple other nice games on the slate like you're seeing this week i think there's some other nice games but just price point too and now we've gone about a month or so maybe a little more maybe even since the dallas game since lockett and metcalf really paid off in a big way for you so some people might be getting away from it i'm going to be on it for sure at this point i'm just seeing where it's coming in at i expect it to get a little bit more up there but yeah if people want to play Dalvin Cook or Henry, it's going to be tough to get to that stack. Unless you play Isaiah Coulter, then it all just makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Pete, how do you feel go. about Seattle? You, you've been there before. You, I feel like you're normally a Seattle stacker. So how do you feel about them being really completely overlooked in some of the big dollar tournaments probably? Yeah, I think there's a few factors that are pushing down their ownership. You have the wide receiver, cornerback 
guys who are scared about James Bradbury for DK Metcalf. You have people who would theoretically want to go to Tyler Lockett, but he's burned them so many times that they don't want to do that. You have Pete Carroll out here saying he wants to, you know, get to 50 combined rushing attempts and completions and revert this offense back to the 1950s. And so you have all of these things kind of uh, pushing this ownership down. And, and like you guys said, it's also pricey, but man, uh, DK Metcalf, had 83% market share of the air yards last week. It does not matter who is guarding this dude. I will definitely have some rust to DK stacks this week. Also, I guess it could matter, but Daniel Jones feeling better now. So I guess he's trending towards playing. I know Pete, you follow this injury stuff a little more closely, but any read on Daniel Jones or if we're going to be getting Colt McCoy again? It, it does seem like we're going to get Colt McCoy. Uh, I think they have him listed as questionable. I didn't see what his practice designation was today. Uh, to me, it doesn't make sense to rush him back after that injury, but who knows? Sal, does that affect your thoughts here at all for Seattle, where if, if it's Daniel Jones in there or if it's Colt McCoy, really neither guy probably possessing a giant upside? Yeah, I think if it's Daniel Jones, I feel a little bit more comfortable getting there in a bigger way because, yeah, we've seen them not really have to just throw a ton. In the last two weeks, he's thrown 30 times per game. Russ hasn't had a great game in like a month at this point. So, I mean, if it's a situation where they're up by 17 going into the half, I'd feel really bad about my stacks at that point. I think Daniel Jones against the secondary can at least keep it competitive. So I'll be rooting for Jones to be in there. All right, and one last item, which is a big one to me, and I, I know, Pete, you've barred the talk about best balls legally not allowed, but it's the week here on DraftKings, and and I have to share this with you guys, with both the audience and with you, too. Uh, so Pete knows, Sal, I only put in one best ball lineup here. I was one of the people who got the free DraftKings one, was like, fine, I'll do it. I was kind of deliberately avoiding best balls because I felt like it would be a slippery slope for me to put in way too much money. This one I have in first place, currently you know, comfortably in first place, feeling good. You know, who's been a large portion of my success is a, a three man stack of the Panthers. You know, who's on by this week, the Carolina Panthers, you know, who's also on IR Joe Mixon. I'm going to lose this in week 13 after leading the entire year. And I couldn't be more tilted. Yeah. My main, my main, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a way ambulance. Though. That's a regular ambulance. No, that's a police sign. Can you oh. hear that? Can everyone hear that? Bags is uh, getting arrested now for talking about his best ball team. So, uh, you know, you hate to see it. Is that how yeah. cops actually play their siren? They pull up <laughs> some sort of Winamp version of a YouTube cop sound. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like a like a golfer reading a putt. I'm just going to hold back any comments I had to follow up after that. After that one, seeing how that went. I'm good. I'm looking extra pale today. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's that Please was the one. You are. I mean, we normally rec we record at night, and you here, you know, three thirty p.m. Eastern, and you are just mad. You're trying to get us canceled. Get me off the Peloton. I'm too loose. That's my muscles are all are all constricted in a way that just gets my most acidic things coming out. But yes, yeah, Sal, how are you feeling about your best balls? We can talk about this for thirty seconds more. Hopefully, Pete won't have to play the siren each time. So honestly, I, I forgot that I drafted all these best ball teams on underdog and it was like halfway through and I reached out to like Rudman or whoever it is on Twitter. And we found out that I, I misspelled my email address. So that's why I couldn't get into these accounts. So I've, I've checked it one time and it was like three weeks ago. What I was going to say was that in my main home league, I made this trade for McCaffrey. I traded uh, DK Metcalf for McCaffrey in like week three, right when McCaffrey got hurt, knowing that he'd be out. Uh, he comes back for one week. I need to win this week, and now he's on bye week, so it's going to be a close one. But, yeah, it has been a very bad year. It might be the first year that I missed the playoffs in, uh, ever in the decade of this home league. I'm cruising to that, too. Might be might be the last year of our home league based upon some people not paying attention, and, and it's going to be sad if I go out with a whimper and don't even make the final grouping. But Pete, you have more best ball teams than anybody in America. I'll go out on that limb and say it. So how are you feeling here in your home stretch of, of yours? Because I'll give you immunity. You have diplomatic immunity as a, a foreigner from, I don't know, wherever. I, I can't take, I have a lot, but I cannot even take that title. There are people who max entered both of the 150 max uh, underdogs. I think I was at like 50 in each one uh but yeah they're they're going good i have a pretty uh good portfolio of teams that are in first second or third right now so we'll see if any of them uh can make a run no they're every time you check in on them right there's more guys that are out you know you just keep seeing these guys so even though the points look good you're like can this team actually make a push here yeah, I think I'm gonna have to win ugly. So if anybody out there wants to tail my one line because I'm I'm way more invested in it than I probably should they be. They don't, Spags. I'm sorry, they don't. 
No, James, <laughs> James Robinson, DJ Chark, Devontae Adams. Get the, get the guys, ambulance back. <laughs> those guys, have a good day. I will fight on behalf of all of you, and I, I will give everyone who's listening a dollar if I win the million dollars at the end of it all. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Speaking of uh, things that I guess Pete controlled me with, the troll equity play of the week, the play most likely to screw over a portion of fantasy players' preconceived notions of success, our last little pit stop before we get to our ride or die picks for week 13 and uh pete i'll let you set the table here for sal where the troll play of course is somebody we're expecting to screw everybody over and uh who comes to mind for you pete well yeah let's say we have all of this ownership condensing on brandon cooks akins maybe coulter if he becomes buzzy it feels like one of these houston running backs is going to really get going people doesn't seem are going to want to play Duke Johnson at this price. Like what if this is the Duke Johnson explosion game here? I will say Duke Johnson troll play of the week. All right, Sal, how about you? Do you have, if you have any thoughts about Duke Johnson, feel free to go there or not. Just give us your troll play for the week. So I, I was, I was reading the rules of this or, or reading them and hearing them. And I was thinking it was the other way around, like, like a high owned guy was going to just screw everything over. And and I was going to say, Duke Johnson was going to be the <laughs> high owned guy. To so screw he works for both, over again. <laughs> I, I, I was literally going to say Duke Johnson. He was one of two guys I had written down here, him and David Montgomery is just some of these higher owned players that might end up uh, being the chalk that completely misses. Yeah. But if, it, if it's going to be the opposite way around, if we have to look at it, I think that's a good call on the Houston side of it. Yeah, I think we can just get off of some of these, the chalky um, running backs, if it's going to be like Dalvin Cook up top, like we talked about, and just try and pivot it elsewhere to Minnesota stacks. We've seen it work a couple of times this year. We saw it work a couple of times last year. If they're in a situation where they have to throw, Kirk's been good this year when he has to, and you have possibly Adam Thielen coming back this week. So stacks with Thielen and Jefferson are affordable, and that's where I would probably go to as a troll play of the week off of Cook to bust again. So for me, I will stick with Houston as well for the troll play, but uh, I don't think that Isaiah Coulter is going to get that much ownership. I think people will be afraid of him. They'll they'll know the Quintess Cephas of the world from earlier in the year and just be like, no. But the one thing about this dude is he was a deep ball catcher. Like he's been compared to Brandon Lloyd for anybody who does remember esoteric kind of okay receivers who maybe didn't mean a lot in the grand scheme of things. Um, I think he's going to get a shot here. And I just feel like the one way that Cooks fails with 20 to 25% of the field on him is Coulter getting a bomb. Coulter puts up 12 fantasy points, then Cooks puts up 14, and you're like, God damn it, this is worthless. And I think that's going to be the Isaiah Coulter week. That's uh, that's my bold stance for the week, Pete. All right. It sounds like uh, there's going to be lots of trolling in Houston. That's what we have uh, figured out. <laughs> that's that's what they're known for. Bill O'Brien <laughs> built that culture there, and now we're all, we're all reaping what they've sowed. But guys, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe. This is the important part of the show where we are giving our ride-or-die plays. And, of course, shout-out to Thrive Fantasy. Uh, we are going to not do the Thrive Fantasy pick this week just because, uh, I don't know, no real reason why. I guess Robin didn't even have to point this out. But we are very grateful for Thrive Fantasy for being a sponsor for the show for the last month. So shout-out to them. Play over at thrivefantasy.com. Use the promo code splash to get your deposit bonus matchup to 50 bucks and pete explain the rules here for sal i gave him a little bit of the gist over the dms as we were exchanging all of our thoughts on there but what's what does sal need to know here heading into our ride or die picks yep so we're going to go through each game you can make one pick it can be a prop bet it can be sports betting dfs anything uh and then we grade it based on how aggressive it is so if it has like a 50 percent chance likelihood you just take the team minus three that's worth one point if you're a little more ambitious say a guy over 20 DraftKings points that's worth three points and if you really want to swing for the fences a guy's in a millie maker lineup a guy who's projected for 10 points less than his teammate outscores him those can be 10 pointers i am the judge juror and executioner here uh and i just want to say someone on twitter asked if i was trolling with my picks last week so if you want to know uh where i go with these uh that's how we do it and uh i'm excited to see what sal has cooked up for us here and, and sal one other important note i'm eight three and one against pete now after week 12 and then that's then not even how we do the scoring system small sample small sample yeah, that's a, that's a whole uh, a three quarters of a season sample size. Not enough here, but I just want to point that out for Sal. Just so he knows going in. But let's get into our first game. New Orleans getting 24 implied points. Another matchup, another date with Atlanta for Taysom Hill. Getting 21 and a half implied points on Atlanta side. Over under a 45 and a half. And Atlanta's look rejuvenated under Raheem Morris. So maybe some some interesting things to talk about here, Sal. You're the, you're the man up here who gets to go as our, our cherished guest. 
Yeah, so the spot that I'm going to like in this game is as long as we get him back this week is going to be Julio Jones. There's been, I'd say, a lot of slander on Julio's name this year, even though in every single game that he's been healthy, his worst performance has been 16 and a half fantasy points. He's been averaging right around 20 fantasy points in games that he's started and finished and played every snap and ran the routes he was supposed to. So I'm going to start it off with maybe it's a little bit aggressive, but I'm going to go with Julio Jones in, in DraftKings scoring over 20 fantasy points this week against the Saints. There you go. Stepping right in, knowing the rules. That's a three pointer. What about you, Pete? What do you want? Yeah, I want to get spicy here. Um, I I'm in, so I'm looking at projections right now. Alvin Kamara, 13.67 points. Michael Thomas, 22.03. I think this has gone too far out of hand. Alvin Kamara at home in the dome against the Falcons. Taysom Hill now will be under his third start. Alvin Kamara outscores Michael Thomas this week at low ownership. All right, and for me, I'm going to go an easy one here because I don't really, I don't see a lot of love for all the things here other than Michael Thomas, but if you haven't projected over 20, I don't feel that confident. Um, so I'm going to take that New Orleans covers here, uh, two and a half point spread for them on the road. I just I, Atlanta, I think, is a bit of a paper tiger that people think is better than they are with Raheem Morris. That's not how that goes. Uh, next game up, Detroit getting 21 implied points, Chicago getting 24 implied points, over under a 45 here. And uh, Pete, I'll go to you first here where uh, it's worth pointing out it's one of Sal's guys, David Montgomery, projected for a lot of ownership or a guy that Sal mentioned earlier, rather not necessarily one of your guys. I don't want to pin that, that evil juju on you, Sal, but Pete, <laughs> any thoughts for this game that you'd like to go to? Yeah, I want to short David Montgomery. So I will short him in a fun way. I will say TJ Hawkinson outscores David Montgomery. Ooh, okay. A little bit of a slap in the face, of David Montgomery. Sal, do you want to correct that? Maybe go David's way or Allen Robinson even. Yeah, so Allen Robinson does look good. Uh, I'm going to get away from the wide receiver, though. I'm going to go to Allen Robinson's quarterback. If I think that we're not going to have as much David Montgomery here, Allen Robinson, I'm assuming in the way that I'm going to be playing it, might be my highest home wide receiver this week. It's going to have to come down to Mitch Trubisky in this game. So Mitch Trubisky, all the historical stuff about how good he is against the Lions. He's gone to actually face the Lions this year, which was like his only other good performance, his best of the year uh, since last week against the Packers. So I'll take Trubisky here to score over 24 DraftKings points. Okay, and I'm gonna actually correlate with Sal's play here. I do like I do like Allen Robinson in this spot quite a bit, though. Um, he does. I don't know. He had that thing earlier this year where the fans were mad at him, and then he kind of didn't show up the next game. So that worries me. After uh, he was liking tweets, I guess about about Chicago fans who wanted to leave. But I'll take Allen Robinson over 20, Pete. I don't know if that's. I don't know if you haven't projected for higher than that. Um, no, that's that's a three pointer. He he's at 16 points. I think that's. Uh, I'll give it to you. Yeah, Allen Robinson, I, he's either going to put it down this week or he's not going to show up and I'm going to feel like a real dickhead. But a nice matchup here against Detroit either way. Next game up, Cleveland getting 23.8 implied points. Tennessee, 29.8 implied points on their side after being a slate breaker last week. 53.5 point over-under in this game. And I guess I'm due to take the first one. And oh, God. Um, I guess I will take the... I'll take Kareem Hunt over 20 fantasy points. I feel like the touchdown equity is there for him enough, and Tennessee does give up some points, so uh, that's my dude. Uh, Pete, or actually, no, let's, let's I'll go second no, here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. I'm, I'm going to look in the betting streets here. I thought this line was going to move closer. It really hasn't moved, at least that I'm seeing right now on Action Network, like at all right now. Open that six, still there in some spots. So I like the Browns plus six, but I want to be pretty aggressive here. So I'm going to go Browns money line plus 220 as a six-point underdog. All right, I like that pick. Pete, how about you? Yeah, I was going to go the Kareem Hunt angle too. I keep getting like a lot of pushback. I think at 5,400, that is such a nice price mm -hmm. for Kareem Hunt. And they've used them pretty game script dependent. But I'll, I'll go somewhere else because you covered the Kareem Hunt love. I will say uh, Jarvis Landry continues to be a, a target monster here. I imagine they'll be playing from behind a little bit against Tennessee. I'll say he clears 20 DraftKings points for the second straight week. And I just feel like we should touch on this real fast because we didn't talk about it much length, but Derrick Henry going to be projected for about 20% ownership, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. What do you guys have any feel about that? Sal, I'll ask you first because um, he did just break the slate last week. And I feel like people will always want to know about those guys who broke the slate last week. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the last couple of years, last year was about four times a year. And then every single playoff slate that I just got slandered in the Twitter mentions for never, never really being on Derek Henry or never wanting to. It's the same thing this year. Like it, it's actually hurt me. I would say last week, I guess in theory, it hurt me last week too. So two weeks, but I, I'm just never on him. He doesn't project out the same way for me as some of the other running backs for just obvious pass catching reasons. But uh, yeah, he's an absolute monster and I'm probably going to be below the field. I always get like five to 7% of this guy, no matter what the slate is. So sometimes I'm, I'm right around his low ownership and, and sometimes I'm way below it. Pete, how do you feel about him? Yeah, I don't know if you guys uh, checked your calendars, but it is Dehember, so mm -hmm. enough said. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a fair way to look at it, too. I think I'll have a good amount in lineups without Dalvin Cook. That's my official take here. I have him being the uh, one of the top running backs at his position, or guys at his position, rather, uh, 23% of the time. So I'll probably be around 20 would be my guess. Uh, next game up, Indianapolis being 27.3 implied points, or getting 27.3 implied points at Houston, who's got 23.8, over under 51 in this one. And Sal, we are back to you for the first pick. Yeah, so I think that this is a game where really the Will Fuller news changed it on me. In the betting markets, I was liking Houston early, and then I, I pretty much flipped right away once we got that news out to go to the indie side of this one. They're just hammered at wide receiver now. This one from one of the deepest teams. They cut Kenny Stills. I don't think he's been picked up by anybody last that I saw. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, you have Randall Cobb and IR, obviously Will Fuller news. So it's tough to want to go there. But instead of just picking one of the spreads in this one, I'm going to end up going over to something we talked about earlier. I'll go to Michael Pittman to now be the highest scoring wide receiver of the Colts this season for him to break his own record of what 22 fantasy points. Let's go Michael Pittman over his season high fantasy points. I like that pick. That's and it ties in a good callback by Sal. Pete, how about you? I'm seething with jealousy because I was going to do something with Michael Pittman. I still will because mine is different, although it is very correlated. I will say Michael Pittman outscores Brandon Cooks in this game. There you go. And I, what, what can I get Pete for three points for Coulter? Cause it doesn't feel like he should be 20, but I would, I would say is over 10 enough for Coulter. Um, yeah, he's project, uh, Cardi has him at 5.81. So over 10 would be a three pointer. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's my pick there. I think it's going to be a good matchup for one of these outside guys. I imagine I'll play a lot of cooks or Coulter because one of these guys is going to get rock. Yassine out there is giving up two yards per route covered. One of the worst marks in the league for somebody who actually plays every single week. Uh, next game up Cincinnati getting 15 and a half implied points at Miami, getting 27 implied points, gigantic total favoring Miami at home over under 42 and a half. And this one has come up a half point since open. So that's fun. And uh, Pete, we're back to you for the first one. Yeah, I saw today that Flores says he's not going to announce his starter until Sunday morning. So uh, that'll be fun uh, to deal with. You know what? I'm just going to keep T. Higgins, man, through thick and thin. You know, they go to the new quarterback, Brandon Allen. He still gets there. Obviously, he's going to take a ding. Um, I still think he's too underpriced, though, at 4,600. I will uh, will say T. Higgins over 20 DraftKings points. All right, and I guess I'll, I'll go for this one. I'll take Miles Gaskin getting over 20 fantasy points. I like the spot for him coming back. Worry a little bit about the Ahmed workload coming uh, off of his plate a little bit, but still Gaskin to me. Uh, we talked about earlier, the lead back against the Cincinnati team is not good in the run. Sal, what do you want here? Yeah, I'm trying to find the, the props on Mike Gusecki and just try and, and hedge um, that we're going to see Fitzpatrick out there. I can't find him, but I'll take his I'll take his fantasy numbers in this one. So what is so what is the rules if I just take him? Like if I don't take him to have 20, can I just take him for something else? Pete, what do you think? I feel like for Gusecki, I feel like if he had over 15, I think that that'd be a three pointer. Uh, yeah, no, that's definitely I see the projection around nine points over 15 is three for sure. I'll take Gusecki at that then. Yeah, I really hope they put Fitzpatrick out there, not because of not just because of my Devontae Parker backing, but it's just like that's clearly a more fun team. Like it's just I hate 100%. I hate Tua. I hate Tua. I'm gonna say it. Wow. I had another I had another thing earlier for the teammates in, in honor of, of being a guest on the show. I wanted to make sure I was respectful. I had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Patrick Laird as some uh, content creators <laughs> on this. They are and uh, they they're in a book club together. They read there you uh, go. Atomic Habits, and then Davis and I have forever Perfect, the review. inside joke been calling him uh, Ryan Atomic Habits. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah, I like the call. And I'm sure Ryan Fitzpatrick loves him too, because there's nothing Ryan Fitzpatrick loves more than a simple check down to the running back. That's the kind of play he really eats up. Uh, next game up here, Jacksonville getting 21 implied points at Minnesota, 31 and a half implied points for them, over under a 52 and a half in this one. Sour back to you. What do you want? Actually, we're sour back to you. It doesn't really matter. What do you want in this game? Yeah, honestly, I think there's a lot to like in this game. Like no matter what, James Robinson just keeps getting his touches like around 28 or so. I don't think I want to do anything with him, though, because in a lot of spots, he's probably just based on volume going to continue to project out pretty well. So I'll go to the Minnesota side of the ball in this one, and I'll continue to just ride on what's happening with Justin Jefferson at this point. Uh, at $6,900, I don't know where his projection is, if it's going to be close to 20 right now on your end, but I'll say that he goes over 20 points again. And, and on that end, I probably hope that Adam Thielen misses. I think it's a three-pointer, Pete. You agree? Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right. What do you want, Pete? Man, this one is tough. I get burned by the Jags week after week. Um, you know, Jefferson and Thielen, I think, are are both good plays. Uh, what what is something spicy I can do here? Um, okay, should I just stay on brand with LaVisca Chanel? Should I just say no? DJ Chark, 
DJ Chark. I like DJ Chark. He ended up in the air yards by low model. Again, he just continues to be the best wide receiver on this team when he's healthy. I'll take him over 20, 20 DraftKings points. And I'm going to go, I actually, I, I'm curious your thoughts, Pete, if this is a still a 10 pointer, but I think it is. Cause I think it's really backing a play that people may not, may, may not make enough Dalvin cook in the millionaire maker winning lineup, I think is the play that I would like to take out of this, which is usually a 10 pointer Sal. So yeah, that's why I'm no, I, I will allow that because Sal, what would you say? I mean, he has to go for like probably 40, right. To end up in the million maker lineup. I think it depends because the the week a couple, what was it, two weeks ago, he scored 25 and he was the highest scoring. Well, I guess it was 28 with the bonus. And he was the highest scoring running back of the entire week, like in, including the showdown slate. So I guess it will depend on what others do. Like definitely Derrick Henry. He's going to have to outscore Derrick Henry probably by a couple points. But, I mean, 40 is definitely in. I think there's a chance at 30 that he can get in it too, though, depending on the week. I'll yeah. give it to you, Snags. Thank you. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I, man, I just love Dalvin. I want to, I'm going to be heavy on Dalvin this week. And if he blows up, then you know what? Then I'll just go broke and kill myself. <laughs> so next game. Up. Sorry, was that, too, that was too dark. I want to brand for you this episode, Specs. <laughs> it's all highs and lows here. Next game up, Las Vegas. After their debacle last week at Atlanta, getting 28 implied points again on the road. The Jets getting 19 implied points on their end. And the over-under in this one's 47 uh, we can go back. Actually, I guess I'm, I'm due to take one first here. I got to hate everything in this game. Um, I'll take the Jets to cover a nine point spread at home, which I don't feel great about. And I really I just hate everything here. Pete, you can go next. <laughs> Someone I got it. People are ragging me for my Denzel Mims love. Someone comped it. They said uh, Mims is to me now what Amari Cooper is to Pete Jennings. And I can promise you I have not lost, you know, multiple houses on Amari Cooper. So we have a ways to go on that. But I do love Denzel Mims. I will say, will you give me 10 points if he's the highest scoring uh, player in this game? Yeah, all out. All right. All right, Sal, next. what do you want here? Do you want to go? You, you got any love for Denzel Mims or any other receivers who don't really do much but get overhyped? Yeah, so for the per- <laughs> so I, I like the over a lot in this game, but I'm not going to take that. I want to get more points. So the points that I'm going to end up going for are I'm going to go a little contrarian. We have these two wide receivers who keep getting all the air yards. Donalds comes back and you get all the air yards. I'm going to go with Crowder, who had a bad game last time out, but that's been the dude right now for – um, Sam Donald long-term. So I'll go over 20 fantasy points for Crowder. And that's going to take away from both Perriman and Mims on the outside. Yeah. Well, I, I put Spags in timeout for that comment, but now I feel like I need to put Sal in timeout for going Crowder over Mims. This is a rough scene. <laughs> Just moving us around willy nilly, like the, the chess pieces on your board that you treat us as. <laughs> There we go. Let me now let me get everything back here. Now we're now we're back. <laughs> All right, good. Now I feel I could finally go on with the show. Next game <laughs> up. Rams getting 25.8 implied points. Arizona getting 22.8 implied points. Over under a 48 and a half. And uh, I think Sal, we're back to you for the first pick. Yeah, in, in this game, I mean, it, this is a game that I don't even like want to have much into in terms of like props or anything like that. It, it looks like a bounce back spot for Kyler. A lot of people seem to be off of Kyler for the first time in a while uh, last performance right now projection wise not looking as great so it, it, this is a tough spot to pick from i'm trying to see let's go with let's go with josh reynolds to be the highest scoring wide receiver uh, in this game seems fucking aggressive Ooh. but let's go uh let's go on the rams him being the highest scoring wide receiver josh reynolds what's that pete score wise uh highest scoring in the game no, no on, on the, the rams. rams i mean on the rams that's that's a three See, the, sometimes we find ourselves in between the three and the 10 and it, uh, right. it's hard to, uh, so technically I think that's gotta be a three, my man. No, yeah, that, I mean, that's not as aggressive. I, I think that's fair. All right. Pete, what do you want? Uh, I think I should probably tighten up Been shooting a lot of three balls from downtown. Let's, uh, let's take Arizona at home with the points there. Am I seeing this right? Do you guys have it as their three point home dogs? Yes. That's what I have it as. All right. Yeah. Give me, yep. give me Zona with the points at home. Yeah, I man, I I will take the Rams to cover here. I I do think that the Rams defense is really starting to hit its stride. Numerically, also looks good, and um, yeah, I think I'll take the Rams to cover that three. So we'll go head to head. That's always fun for us, Pete. Oh yeah, you know that's uh, it's uh, it's always nice when I can get a win, not only in the spreadsheet but against you, Spags. Yeah, it happens so often. <laughs> the Giants getting 18.3 implied points. Seattle getting 28.3 implied points. We talked about this game earlier. Over under a 46 and a half. And um, I think, Pete, you can go first. All right. What do we want to do with this game? Like we said, uh, no one is going to be too heavily owned. Every single week, 
I picked Darius Slayton. I think he's only gotten there once. He is in the air yards by a low bottle. Let's just let's just martingale the hell out of Darius Slayton. Over 20 DraftKings points. One time, Darius. It would have worked for Marquise Brown. Actually, no, he still wouldn't have gotten over 20 fantasy points. So never mind, but it would have gotten close. Sal, what do you want here? Yeah, I'm going to take the Giants. Uh, right now, I see them at plus 10 in some spots. If somebody wants to validate that, I'll take them at plus 10 right now. Uh, it opened at like plus eight and a half. So I assume they're assuming that uh, Colt McCoy is going to start this game. I'll stay to take it. I think their defense is good enough to keep this within play. I think Seahawks defense is bad enough to keep it within 10. So I'll just take a spread there. Giants plus 10. All right. And I guess I'm going to take why, why not? I, I, I sometimes my strategy goes to crap here when I just get too caught up in needling Pete, but I'm going to take Sterling Shepard here over 20 fantasy points to just get the leverage on Pete that I enjoy. But sometimes admittedly does not work out my way. Well, this, and this is actually kind of this dynamic in a microcosm. Slayton projected for 11.67. Sterling Shepard, you know, projected for 14.31. You'll try to spin it as you're being equally aggressive as me, but really you're not. I think I, I, it's close. Do you like, do we really regard Sterling Shepard as being the higher upside player out of these two though? Probably. They probably have. Yeah. Sterling Shepard. What Sal has the higher median and Slayton. Uh, they probably have similar ceilings. Yeah, I, I would say that I would take Slayton ceiling, but like in, in a vacuum, but on this team, I would take Shepard like every single time. Okay. Yeah. It's a weird team. They like, it just every week feels like it's a waste to have any ownership of anything, yeah, but Evan Ingram, I guess coming around. So maybe there's hope for our guys. Uh, next game up new, uh, new England. Actually, I don't know. This is a pick em, So hold on. Let me just refresh my sheet real fast. It's a pick em. Both teams getting 23.8 implied points over under 47 and a half has come up a half point throughout the week. And um, I, I guess I'm due to go first for one here and um, I'll take, uh, what can I get for Justin Herbert? I feel like this is a mm. weird one. Um, Pete, what would you give me for Justin Herbert? That would be like in the range of three points. Um, so let's see here. He is projected for 20.88. Um, I will give you, I'll give you Herbert, uh, over, over 25. Okay. I'll take that. I think this new England defense is just not as good as people think going back to last year. It's gotten a little bit better, but still Herbert, I, I think should be able to get something here. Uh, what do you want in this one, Sal? Yeah, I'm going to take the over in this one. I think 46 and a half, 47 in some spots. I'll take the over of this game. So basically what you're seeing is the Chargers are playing very fast in pace. Both teams are allowing over, I believe it's 27 points per game right now. So I think that looks good. And they're both been pretty good in terms of yards per play, especially in New England, which I wasn't which I was surprised to see around league average compared to how it seems they stall a ton of offense. So I'll take the over right now, 46 and a half, 47, depending on where you look. All right, what do you want, Pete? How many points will you give me for Jacoby Myers to outscore Keenan Allen? I, I, I feels like it should be a 10 pointer. I would think Although the projections really are surprisingly not that far off. Yeah. My, my little theory here is um, with Eckler now back commanding such a huge target share that our days of Keenan Allen getting 12, 13 targets might be over here. It'll be interesting to see how Belichick schemes against these guys. He's notorious, you know, for wanting to lock down the number one option. But uh, I think Jacoby Myers, other than the one game where he was chalk and he had a 7% target share, he's had a 35% plus target share every other game. So I'll, I'll ride with this one, uh, Jacoby Myers over Keenan Allen. And I'll take the three pointer because, uh, because they are actually projected closer than one might think, but I was trying to milk 10 out of it, let the record show. <laughs> the record does reflect that now, Pete. Thank you. The sonographer will update everybody out there. Next game up, Philadelphia. Goddamn Philadelphia, who just killed me the other day. Carson Wentz, I hate him so much. They're getting 19 implied points at Green Bay, a nine-point favorite with 28 implied points, over under 47 this one. And uh, Pete, I think you're due to go first. Yes, I, man, I just, I just have a type. They're, they're rookies. They're fast. They continue to let me down. Uh, Jalen Rager, over twenty DraftKings points. The breakout game is coming. It has to. It has to. Honestly, at this point, Alshon Jeffrey might get there before him. Which... Dude, Alshon Jeffrey is more dusty than T.Y. Hilton and A.J. Green. It is so bad. The fact that he cut into Fulgham's role was very upsetting for me, both out in the showdown slate and just intellectually. I feel like I saw a lot of Eagles fans out there uh, not the happiest. Sal, what do you want in this one? Yeah, I want to see how aggressive I want to be. So I have, I have two takes here. And if I get a lot of points for one, I'll take I'll take that one. So I want to say Devonta Adams in the Millie Maker winning lineup. But what if I say Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams in the Millie Maker winning lineup? It would still be 10 either way. 
All right, so I'll just take Adam. <laughs> that's, that's smart, man. See, me, I would still just do the combo because I'm just going buckets, but Sal, Sal's trying to win the game. You got to take the plus CV move. That's why Sal's channel is so good here on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed <laughs> to Sal Vetri's YouTube channel. Um, yeah, Devontae Adams and Dalvin Cook in the winning lineup, I think sounds pretty tasty here for the millionaire maker. Um, I guess we started Mitch Trubisky at that point. <laughs> That's true. I, for me, God, I, I really don't want to go to any Eagles here because they are eminently frustrating for me every single time. And, um, I guess I will take Aaron Jones over 20 fantasy points. I don't know that I feel that confident in it, but it just seems like a play that's worth making. Yeah, I'm excited to play Aaron Jones in GPPs this week. It seems like one of those classic everyone's off Aaron Jones, you know, because he didn't do anything for a few weeks and he goes for 45. Yeah, weird price point, not a great projection on him. And sometimes those are the weeks where Aaron Jones goes off. And last game here that we have to hit on for our ride or die picks. So make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe. Uh, Denver, 18.5 implied points at Kansas City, 32.5 implied points. And Sal, usually for the Sunday, the showdown ones, we usually just pick a showdown captain for 10 points. That's the easiest way. But if you just want to take a spread, you can do that too. Yeah, these games, I mean, there's really nothing on the Denver side that's becoming that encouraging from a captain spot, at least on paper. And it, it's it's terrible that this is like the week after Tyree kills off because showdown slates are just his forte. So I'll, I'll switch it up and I'll go with um, – I'll end up going to – let's go a little bit sneakier for the, the price discount. Sammy Watkins in the captain spot. All right, before Pete takes the guy I want, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey showdown captain. Oh, you're, oh you, if you think I was going to go with a chalk pick, you are so <laughs> wrong. You think, you're, you think you're swiping Tim Patrick from me? No, you don't have that creativity. <laughs> Tim Patrick, showdown captain. The showdown captain like is really for me been like a bank bailout at the end of our slates where <laughs> Pete's either slightly ahead or I'm just or like I, it's just close enough and then I get a showdown captain I feel like once every other week and it feels great it feels great to get that one right uh, Sal everybody knows we've we've said it throughout the show people should be following you on YouTube following you on Twitter as well at Sal Vetri DFS but any plugs you want to hit on before we call it quits on this week's splash play. No, yeah, that's it. Twitter at Salvage DFS. That'll kind of stem into everything else. YouTube channel and uh, same thing is on the podcast or strips the audio. So yeah, that's about it. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Ton of fun. Thanks for coming on, Sal. We appreciate you helping keep the quality bar high with all the guests we've had. Pete, any plugs you want to hit on before we call it quits? No. Yeah, we'll be back on uh, Sunday night to recap the main slate, sign our uh, wedding registry book on iTunes. Check out Sal's videos. Appreciate you uh, joining us, man. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, follow at Chris Spags, follow at Peter Overset, follow at Sal Vetri DFS. It's Pete Manchin will be back Sunday night. So thank you guys for watching. Have a great week 13.